All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Tie My Skates podcast. It's DG and Z. And uh, yeah, we still don't have a win in the year 2022 in Flyers land. It's, uh, it's if you look if you looked at the Flyers on a graph right now, we're we're going we're at a negative one slope. Not I know not even a negative one slope. It's even worse than that. It's just like straight down off a cliff type of slope. I gotta I gotta get away from these stupid graph analogies. Uh, Z, how you doing? <laughs> I mean, it's just funny at this point, dude. Like, you, get, it's just yeah. hilarious watching this team now. Like, I honestly watch it as a comedy special instead of a sports game nowadays. <laughs> yeah, like the it's just comical. The last game we saw was the Buffalo game, and I was just cracking up at these goals that are going in. It's just like, yeah, of course, yeah. dude. We should start. I think we should start um, just betting aggressively against the Flyers the rest of the year. Just aggressively, probably. just every single game, throwing a hundred bucks on the on, on the, the over team. and them losing. But the, I mean, the odds are probably horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, Vegas isn't going to give us good odds. <laughs> I think the Buffalo game, or no, is the Columbus game was the first time the Flyers. Not to make this a whole fucking gambling segment to start the episode, but like the it was the Columbus game was the only game the Flyers were actually favored to win. And we like lost two one a long time this year. Yeah, and we lost. So that was the time to bet. The underdog should have known it. I think we all knew it in in Flyers world. But yeah. Um, so yeah, we're in rock bottom, as Giroux said publicly in a in a press conference or whatever. Post game, yeah, whatever it was. Post game, whatever it was, and uh, not to mention just rock bottom. The, the injuries continue to pile up. Uh, obviously, a lot of you guys listening probably heard about Faraby going on IR. I th- was it on IR or is he just out a month? I think he's uh, just Farabee's out. Faraby's on IR. Uh, All right, uh, so Couturier is on, on LTIR. LTIR, yeah. And Faraby and, and Hayes are on IR. Couturier is on LTIR. Yeah, and Hayes got like, uh, I don't know, some kind of liquid drained out of him. <laughs> yeah, he got like one of his muscles drained <laughs> Wasn't in his pee, leg or something. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was in his abdomen. I don't know. Was it in his but abdomen? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just made that up. I, but, yeah. Someone said that it was like potentially just like you know a post-surgery thing that had to happen anyway i don't think so i think he's been overworking gotcha yeah i do i think he's been pushed back into the game too too quickly by Um, no one like it's on his own accord like he wants he's been wanting to play like any player in that position is going to want to play but i mean the medical staff has to take some sort of responsibility i agree and especially a player in his situation like he needs hockey right now to keep his mind off other shit like yeah like i mean like he obviously wanted to come back and play, and and my personal opinion, I know you think the same way. Z is just shut him the fuck down for the rest of the year, please. I mean, he's not. He, he isn't. I mean, DJ, I said the, put the him on LTIR at the beginning uh, of the year. Yeah, and I said exactly. same with Ellis too. Create like, that space. We could have went and let's not. That's I'm not, not, not through revisionist history, not, but yeah. But uh, also, a guy we haven't mentioned yet, Wade Allison, who. Everyone was excited to see this guy play. Of course, gets injured yet again in his first game back in the Flyers uniform. Yeah, played three straight games with the Phantoms, right? Did he have at yeah, least he had a goal like three in each goals game? and an assist. Or, yeah. he, dude, all I would be seeing is Phantoms highlights of him scoring. And I was like, wow. I even threw money on him to score the other day. And of course, when I throw money on him, he's not going to score. I only have that betting luck with Farabee, it seems. Yeah, he came came uh, you know had his season debut in this game. 
against Buffalo. He was a fucking honey badger out there, getting on the forecheck, causing mayhem, getting getting to the net, getting some shots on goal. Middle of the second period, hurts hurts sprains his MCL. Yeah. So I mean, that's going to be a month, right? I, I think that's about a month at least. I don't know. Yeah, maybe longer. They probably if they're smart. If the medical staff was smart, they'd shut him down for a little more than that. Make sure he's one hundred and ten percent before he plays again. Apparently, we'll it's a say. different knee than his other knee that he's injured multiple times in college. Dude, not yet. Not to shit on Wade Allison at all. I'm not the type of person that loves shitting on my my team's players, but like he's made of glass at this point, and it sucks to say it. Because what was he it? Just he get, had the knees. He just gets hurt all the time. He had a couple time. knee injuries in, in college. He had the the ankle and the elbow this year, and then the, another MCL. The the worst part about the injury is that it was non-contact. Like if you saw the video, there was nobody around him. He just stumbled and fell, and obviously had that MCL sprain or strain, whatever the fuck yeah. the medical term for it was. Just sucks. Uh, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it, and at a season. In a season like this where, you know, every single thing seems to be going against us, it it's, it didn't surprise me. It was another one of those comedic relief moments during the game the other day. I was like, oh, he's injured? That's hilarious. That seems accurate, you know, for just how shit's gone. Yeah, I mean, it's Murphy's Law. Anything that can go bad will go bad with this team, and we saw it. Last year, we thought that was, you know, an anomaly maybe. Turned out not to be, unfortunately. They've played essentially the same this year as they played in March last year. Um, The goaltending maybe have been a little bit better, but it's been a tough stretch, dude. Goaltending's been a lot better. Let's not kid ourselves here. Okay, yeah, goaltending's been a lot better. But But yeah, the result's the same, unfortunately. The season is going exactly where everybody believes it's headed we are going to be making some trades at the trade deadline you can expect a lot of that to happen so i mean it is what it is at this point and that's just at this point like i believe that you should be watching the flyers for like certain like not to watch them just because like you love them or whatever just watch them to like you know watch cam york play or watch them to you know see Giroux's last games in the orange and black like that's that's the only reason to be watching the games anymore yeah there's no other reason it's just it's a lost season it's like we're just gonna have to pack it up and wait till next year and that next year won't won't be good either probably so who knows it might be more fun i don't know i don't know about that i'm just spitballing here i don't know (laughs) i don't know i mean it's tough i mean we watch we watch every game that we can right i mean it's rare that we miss uh, Flyers game and we've continued to watch them through this 11 game losing streak and uh, you know even if it's just on in the background or whatever we, we'd see like the main you know the main highlights and the goals scored against the goals scored for and it's just it's tough let me ask you this C. I just thought of this right now what watching the Flyers right now in, in all their mediocrity and horribleness that they are what like identifies like a a true flyers fan right now like are true flyers fans still sitting down and watching the game the entire time are they like you know doing what you said like uh, like you and me like i'm still watching the games 
my attention just isn't 100% on them anymore. It's like I'm playing Xbox or I'm watching a TV show and I have them on my laptop in front of me, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah, I think I, that I think you're still in the same boat as the people who are watching it and paying attention. Yeah. If like, we weren't fans, if we weren't true Flyers fans, we wouldn't have it on. Or you wouldn't be watching it at all. You'd That's what I'm saying. Like you wouldn't have it on at all. It'd be good to go watch it. Like obviously, yeah. like I'm not saying people that like have been skipping games aren't true Flyers fans. Don't take it that way at all. Like you can, you're more than it's more than okay to be skipping games right now. But like if you straight up just like turn the Flyers off in your brain and you're like, nah, I'm not watching them the rest of the year. I'm just gonna pick them back up in the off season when they're making cool trades and stuff like. That's to me. That is not a true fan. You need to still somewhat be involved in what's going on, even if it sucks. Like it, it sucks. All this sucks, and I, it sucks. But like, it's what is going to make the good times maybe a little bit better. Because you'll go back and think about how fucking awful this was. And be like, wow, we went through some shit to get here, but fuck, we're here now. And there's a difference. That's the way I think. There's a difference to Coot because I'm just a hockey fan. Like I'm. Not so much a football, basketball, baseball fan. So, you know, at least there's people that are Philly sports fans and can go watch the Sixers and get away from, like, watching the Flyers. Like, nah, this is all I got, baby. Like, I'm going down with the ship. So Yeah, me too. I'm a – I mean, I like football. Love watching football. Uh, I like going to baseball games, but I don't necessarily follow baseball. And I'm not a basketball guy. So the Flyers are my team, and they're the only thing I care about sports-related at all. So I'm here, like you said. Until the end, baby. Because I love hockey. I love the Flyers, too. But I think I love hockey more than I love the Flyers. So just getting to still watch the game and watch these great players play and beat us, I still find joy. I Like, I still find joy in this stuff, and... And come playoff time, I'm going to find joy watching playoff hockey because it's the greatest sport in the world. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to still be watching hockey right now. You don't and, have and to And also, like, why should we, we pay attention the entire time when the team no. just collapses it, like they did against they Buffalo aren't. after that, why, like, the, exactly. uh, the offsides call went against them? I like the not going to the games part and giving them yeah. free money because they don't fucking just, Comcast doesn't deserve a fucking cent from any of us. Yeah. And just so you know, at guys, the same we're, time, we're also watching still, on a legal stream, so they're not getting any money yeah. from us. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I don't. We're not paying a let's, cable. Let's bill make either. one thing clear: I don't pay fucking cable. <laughs> like when people get pissed because the game's on ESPN Plus, I'm laughing. I'm like, I have ESPN Plus. I don't really give a shit. Yeah, like, I can still watch. Well, also, I have, have a legal stream I'm of ESPN Plus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're smart, you're not paying for cable. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, would you like to continue to talk about the Flyers here, Z, or do you want to you want to change pace into I mean, other NHL items? What topic? else is there really to say about them? Nothing, right? So let's let's move on. <laughs> that silence <laughs> said wonders. Yeah, let's move on. Um, let's talk around the league. We got a couple topics around the league today. Some fun ones too. So this is a nice light segment for y'all. Um, so Dreisaitl. Um, lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there, is there one thing that you, in your own mind you're saying, we got to get better at that? Yeah, we, ha- we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. 
you know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not very good one. Uh, Z, Z, if you want to elaborate on this, I know he he kind of he didn't mouth he didn't mouth off the reporter more so mouthed off to him a little bit. And he was just like shrugging it off, like "Okay, dude, whatever you say." I think he said for yeah. sure a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is a. I'm sure there's these guys have some history. It's Leon Dreisaitl and then the uh, uh, Oilers reporter uh, yeah, Jim Matheson. Same. It's the Jake Voracek and Mike Sielski yeah, however Sielski you want to say his saga, name. <laughs> where I'm sure this guy has written some things about Dreisaitl and McDavid and how they haven't done enough for the Oilers or whatever. But I think they've they, done more than enough. Yeah, <laughs> but they came into this interview, you know, I've also heard that like Dreisaitl doesn't give the best interview. It's kind of like a Nolan Patrick where he just doesn't give you shit. Which, you know, yeah. he has that fucking right. He's a grown man. Like, he, if he doesn't want to answer your dumbass question, and let's be serious, like, reporters ask the stupidest fucking most repetitive questions <laughs> and expect you to give them, like, an amazing answer that they can write a story about, and it's just, like, not going to happen. If you don't put thought into the question, they're not going to put thought into your answer. So when you ask yeah. a question, like, you guys are losing, you're on a six-game losing streak, you've been really bad, what's been the number one reason you've been so bad? They're not going to give you an answer. They're not going to sewer their teammates like you want them to. They're not going to say it's goaltending and defense like you want them to. So you can write an article about it. Do they know that in their mind? Yeah. Are they going to say it? No. Yeah. I mean, that goes against everything you should be as a hockey player and a teammate. Like you're a team. You're a team trying to win games. So you're going to throw, if you throw your teammates under the bus, that's the first step in causing your team to fall apart and not make the playoffs and not go anywhere. You need to be. For the boys, for lack of better words, all of the time. Dreisaitl doesn't have an obligation to answer press questions. His obligation is to play hockey it, and win games for this team. Yeah, it was so funny, too, because the reporter comes back. is like, you're being a little pissy. Like, why are you and, so and, pissy? And he, you're always and, pissy and, with me. What, like, a child? Like, how childish is that, dude? Dude, that reporter is probably 30 years no, older no, than he's, he's older than that, dude. He was around when Gretzky was playing for the Oilers. Like oh, geez. He, okay. he's an old school hockey hall of fame reporter, which everyone loved to th- throw that around. Like he deserves immense respect for being a hockey hall of fame. But he's reporter. acting like a child in yeah. front of a hockey player. That's honestly being more of an adult than the fucking 70 or whatever year old man is, you know? And, and that is a legit answer. We need to be better everywhere. Everything needs to be better. Yeah. It's on all of us. That's a legit answer. That's a legit answer. It's and then he goes, a terrible why are you so pissy? Why are you so pissy? He's like, nothing. I just answer your question. And then the reporter goes, it wasn't a very good answer. Well, it wasn't a very good fucking question, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> Isn't that what he, is that what he said? Yeah, he said it wasn't a very yeah. good answer. And then he asks him another one after that. Yeah, and he asked, I can't believe he got another question in after yeah. all that. He was like, uh, you show your frustration in that game. Is that good for you to show your frustration, to show the other team you're frustrated? And and Jessel was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and that was like the end of the fucking conversation. <laughs> it, that was That was funny. Yeah. I so. respect Rice for that, though. Like, that, that was how any of us would react in the same situation and he kind of to to be on dry side here a little more like he kind of took it the best way he possibly could have like he didn't really mouth off or say anything really bad back to him he was just like okay man whatever and just got up and went about his business yeah and uh and he was also like would you like to elaborate on that like he was there was some shade being thrown back and (laughs) forth um 
And you see it like, I mean, reporters always ask those questions. Like, oh, you just made the game-winning shot. What were you thinking? It's like... I don't know. A Most million thoughts were going through my head yeah, at like once right goal, there, like, and I just scored. <laughs> that's what I love. I know you You said you're not a real NBA guy, but like Greg Popovich was a longtime head coach of the Spurs. He would give the mm-hmm. greatest fucking interviews because they would ask him, they'd be like, oh, Pop, you're going into halftime. You're down by 20, 20 points. Like, what do you need to do better in the second half? And he goes, score more points than them. Like, they're the stupidest fucking questions. You know what I mean? Like, all they're trying to do is win games. They don't care how. <clears throat> you can ask a coach that question or – someone else you know a gm whatever yeah <clears throat> i'm losing my voice now but <laughs> you expect you know one of their all like you know all-star players to to give you a legitimate answer to that question like it's absurd i mean yeah he's got a lot more things to worry about in his head than answering a fucking question from a reporter like and that's also it's not up to dry to out. figure out what's wrong with the team like yeah he's a leader on that team but that's a coach question he's dry and McDavid are doing everything they can. <laughs> For real. They can't. And they honestly, can't surprisingly, they haven't been the scored. Other positions. Like, a problem with the, the Oilers on their this bad skid they've had is they haven't really been scoring either. They're like offense is kind of dried up, which is interesting. But they have no depth. And they're putting they're putting Leon and, and Connor on the same line too. But that's a coaching so, decision. So you say Edmonton is hitting some sort of slump and they might need to change things up a bit. Yeah, maybe well, a trade. I mean Martin Jones let me, can uh let me, <laughs> Let me give you an offer you might be interested in. <laughs> but yeah, nice. I mean, that's just, it's also like a poorly constructed team. How like they, they got a oh, Duncan so Keith obvious. Like and, they got Duncan, yeah, exactly. and they gave Darnell Nurse $9.5 million or whatever it was. Um, just stupid moves and all they, around. And yeah, Ken Hall has made and some bad moves. It. Yeah. And uh, a, a dummy could have saw the moves they made this offseason and be like, you know what? I don't think that was the move and to make in this team. D- deciding to run it back with Mike Smith, like re-signing him for like however many more years it was. When there was all these pretty decent goalie goalies yeah, available there was good goalies agency, available. you could have gotten somebody half decent. Like, geez. So, Crazy. yeah, I mean, that was just, that was a funny little thing that went viral that caused a lot of conversation on Twitter. And it's just like, anyone who was on the side of Jim Matheson just you need to look yourself in the mirror or something. Yeah, like, I don't crazy. know how you're agreeing with that guy when he yeah. one asked a question that you cannot answer as a player. And two got mad and called when out a player <laughs> when he didn't get the, I didn't get the answer I wanted. Yeah. Just child, Why childish are you being so shit all around. It's nuts. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about also horrible topic, but we got to talk about it. Uh, Jacob Chutrin. Ch- Chikrin. Chikrin. Possibility of becoming a New York Ranger. And um, if you guys are listeners that have been listening to us since the beginning, you know I have a roommate who's a Rangers fan. He was telling me today, he was like, yeah, I think if we traded for him, it would be Kravstoff, Cheadle, and a first. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, you probably should do that immediately, I would say. If that's all that Arizona wants, yeah. I mean... I did. I think uh, Jeff uh, Merrick said that Arizona has an offer that's two former first rounders and a first round pick. So that sounds about right. Yep. Um, I think someone on Flyers Twitter retweeted and they were like, Konechny, Sanheim, and a first. (laughs) 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 But I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Chikrin's only 23. And he was like, 
in the Norris voting like last year. Like he's yeah, good. it's crazy. So like obviously like down the line, like if the Rangers got him, like clearly they probably have to move some contracts in a couple years because they're gonna have to resign him. I think he has three years left on his deal. But like it would be a good move for the Rangers because he's got three years left, so they got him locked in for three years. That's their window right now. Yeah. Is these next couple years. They need to hit it. And then like they could just let Chutrin go. Or if they're like it's the last year and they know they're not one of the contenders that season, then you can flip him and try to retain back what you traded away. It's I think it's a win win for them all around and as much as I don't want the New York Rangers to get better as a hockey team, they should definitely be pursuing him. Yeah, he's on a uh, $4.6 million deal, which is nice. Fire. For three Fire. more years with a modified no move in the last two years. And you put him up there with the Fox on their top line, top pairing. It would be dirty. Yeah, it would be dirty. They're, with their goaltending and their offense, like that's the only thing they need, dude, really. Yeah. Dude, they're top, but they like they need another defense. center as well. Probably. So like, yeah. if they end up like, I wasn't even thinking defensively for the Rangers and what their approach would be. Getting this guy to bolster defense, then it's like, wow. Then you just got to go like, just like whoever the centers are, the trade down, just go, just go snag one. Who cares which like one it is? Just try to get a pretty Chikrin. good player. If they get hurdle Chickering from this, like that's that would be insane. If they get hurdle chicken, I'm gonna be pissed. They'd be in like cup contention. They would. If they're not. They already are in cup contention. That would put them at the top of the list. Damn, I don't even want to think about that. And fucking Shesterkin's so fucking good. Yeah, I know. It's sad it's to say so he is great. Uh, he might win the Vesna. It's a possibility. He probably will. Um, but he wasn't an All Star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the All Star games. Yeah, we we're not. I don't. I don't think we talked about all stars in the last episode. And I don't think we're going to talk about them this episode because I don't take much merit into the all star process. But like, well, it's just Sturk. Well, because of one player from each team. Yeah, thing, once like, they once they made it a participation thing. Yeah, it's re- irrelevant. One um, thing that I do like that they're bringing back is the the shootout contest or whatever. They're gonna do that I again. It. I mean, it's one final drew all-star game as a philadelphia flyer yeah yeah take it for what it is every you should be taking every single drew moment for here on till the trade deadline at like you should be cherishing it because like it is the last it's like it inevitably is the last hurrah so yeah there's one thing about the all-star game is like it's it they don't make it like an event like it's not like the nba all-star weekend where like players who aren't in it go anyway to like watch the dunk contest and the three-point contest sick. and like exactly. celebrities go all. and shit like they don't you know market it like that at all uh one addition they're making this year is like there's going to be other players who aren't actually all-stars who are competing in some of the competitions like i think zegris is going to be in the shootout thing which he should be like he should be an all-star first of all so, interesting but i like it then what's the point of it? Like, then I don't know what the point of having one player from each team is. It's like just stupid. Like the NHL is not very good historically at marketing, marketing anything so they bad. do. So it, it lines up pretty well with the, how they do things. But yeah. Any, any other final thoughts on Jacob Chuterin? Chikrin. Is that Chikrin? Come on. God damn it. Uh, I'm so, sometimes I'm so bad with <laughs> pronunciation of names and it's Mike. It's yeah. Horrible. Yow. Mike. Yow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's the Rangers. Uh, I think Toronto will probably try to make a push for him. I don't know. They, I don't think they really have the prospects 
that the Rangers would have to offer. The Rangers um, have the have cap space and they have a lot of assets that they are able to move. They're, I mean, they're going to make a good move no matter what. Yeah. Um, this is what it Bruins is. need a defenseman. They also don't have like their only chip right now. Like is like DeBrusque, like but like he's kind of a reclamation project. I don't really know. Probably the we'll Rangers see. have the best deal on the table, and they'll probably end up with him honestly. And like for him, going from Arizona to New York, probably be fucking excited huge for him. that. Yeah, huge for him. He's about to become. Twenty-three so years un, old. He's so unknown in Arizona. Yeah. Coming to New York, he's about to become a big-time player in this league just because of, of where he is now, or not now, but where he could potentially be. But yeah, all right. Let's roll in to this week's talk with Johnny uh, from Flyers Twitter. Yep, sounds good. We'll all see right. you guys on the other side. Let's do it. All right, we're welcoming him on. Flyers Johnny from Twitter, uh, at Flyers Johnny on Twitter. How you doing today, Johnny? Uh, just living the dream all day, every day. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, so for the segment we have with you today, we figured we'd just, you know, rattle off a ton of trade scenarios because it's leaning towards that, obviously, for the Flyers, that they're going to be huge sellers at the trade deadline. So, uh, Z. Do you want to rattle off all the players that could possibly be traded before the trade deadline? Yeah, basically anyone on a, on an expiring deal, right? So we got Ristolainen, uh, Giroux, Braun, Jones, and uh, Broussard if he gets back to being healthy before the trade deadline. Right. Uh, it's going to vary what we're going to get for those guys. Um, I guess I'll start for like Ristolainen. You got to at least recoup that first that first rounder, if you're not going to re-sign him, you need to get that first rounder back that we traded for him. Yeah, um, mi- minimum, ob- obviously, but if that's all that's offered, just take it and run. Did we give up a second as well to get yeah, Risto? Yeah, it was a, a so, Hague, first, second, Robert a first Hague, and yeah. a second, yeah. So, I mean, if you don't at least recoup a first back, then it's a huge issue for Chuck, and then it honestly is questions his future here in Philly. Especially if you can't at least get that done. Especially if you don't re-sign him, right? Then you just leave it, let yeah, him go you, for nothing. You gave up that eleventh overall. Yeah, you got to either get a pick or uh or resign him. But the way the team's trending, I'm leaning towards trading him at the deadline and and recouping that pick. Um, and we know like I agree. we knew I mean, we, there's no point in keeping him, right? Yeah, and we know there were other teams that were in on him uh, when the Flyers traded for him, but the Flyers just traded a higher pick than the other teams. So to go to those teams right now, and those were probably other contending teams. Like I'm assuming boston yeah it's going to be a late teens early 20s pick or something like that because it's going to be a contending team right so it's fine whatever i think it all depends if it's in 2022 or in 2023 too so i think 2023 is looking like the stronger and deeper draft also yeah for sure uh you got braun you know defensive That's an easy defensive defenseman a any team will want him veteran you know it has playoff experience just a steady I dependable guy I think you get at least get a third for him. I forget what we trade for him—a second and a third, or two seconds. Second and third. Like second and a third. Second and third. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's done more than what the team like what we expected of him. He's basically been a playing first pair for the past two years. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of been a waste. Yeah. After all that, he came to be a pretty good third pair defenseman for this team. Ended up just being a part of a crapshoot for two years. So. 
Would be great if we were a contender, though. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I know. I mean, everything that happened in the offseason points you to believing that we at least had a playoff team and, like, <laughs> just did I, not go that way. I mean, it's, it's like, also disappointing when you look at the whole landscape of things because you look at guys like, like him, Atkinson, McEwen, kind of guys that have played above and beyond what they were expected so far. Atkinson, I guess you can argue, has been on par with what you expect. Yeah, But if you like consider our position now versus if we were actually in contention, if we were fighting for that third or fourth spot in the Metro right now and how those guys are kind of playing above what they were expected and how great that would be right now. But now we're thinking about we're in the position right now. Where we're like, all right, we have to actually settle, recoup the assets we gave up for these guys and then try to kind of make something of it. Even if the Flyers were anywhere close to having a playoff capable team right now, we're like in a huge injury bug situation where like half of our like actual good players aren't even playing like we were without coots and ellis that's your other than like i guess g or whatever top forward and top defenseman just not playing ice hockey it's a huge detriment so i mean it's sell it's selling season for sure yeah. uh who else here i mean we got jones what's what, so yeah jones let's let's rattle off the ones that are stupid and, and easy like we're gonna get a third <laughs> like we'd probably get a fourth for jones tops i don't know yeah, anything i, I don't he's even on, think he's we're gonna pretty, be able to trade him he's, he's on, on like a one friendly deal it's yeah. one million or one point it's under two right or is it two one year two million is that what it was I think yeah one year two i think it was the same deal that elliot got last year um broussard if he becomes healthy and that's a big if he becomes healthy because the training staff or medical staff is incompetent and incapable of keeping our players healthy. Uh, maybe a third for him. Fourth, maybe, I would probably say, fourth. is probably more likely. <laughs> uh, but like the big boys, uh, trading guys, like I would say these are like the four core guys that are probably on a lot of teams' minds Sandheim. Provi, Giroux, TK. That's the big four players that if you want to try to rebuild this team, recoup a ton of assets and have us being like competitive again in like two years, you trade those guys and get real good returns for them and we can like make that happen. Hope hopefully. Yeah, no, especially when I you say look two, at- which is on the lighter end though. Right. That's a quick turnaround, buddy. buddy. <laughs> but like I want it to be. I don't I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like waiting. We all want it to be. It's, it's no, painful. I'm I'm with you, DG. I think that, you know, my my rule before this rebuild is start like they're ever gonna listen to me, but I don't want any draft picks past 2023. I'm giving I'm giving you two drafts. I'm giving you this draft, I'm giving you the next draft. The next draft has the opportunity to be the best draft since 03, uh, in terms of being kind of like a generational draft. So I'm gonna give them two drafts. You recoup the assets, you get what you can with the with the you know the crop that that you have on the on the trading block. Uh, and then and you see what you can happen hopefully like obviously you know i think we're all in agreement that 2023 is is probably the better of the two drafts and you kind of want and you kind of want those first and seconds you know as much as you can there so that's that's you know yeah my bad uh johnny before we had you on the call me and z were talking we were like shane wright is like the nolan patrick i'm in total agreement it's like it's like he's probably gonna be kind of good but like in any other draft year he's not the first overall pick it's like so it's yeah of course the time we're bad again 
is right now when it's one of these drafts. Exactly. No, I was thinking the same thing. He's the first round. He's the first overall pick until he's not right. He's the first overall pick up until two ish months before the draft. Same thing as Nolan Patrick when he sure kind of took over that position. Uh, and then McCarr started to uh, sneak up also. So yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in total agreement there. Yeah. And, and to Johnny's point about the drafts, like we can't just get picks back for these guys. Like we need to get some roster players, some, no. some younger prospects who can play next year, some faster, younger guys, because we are, uh, one of the oldest teams in the league, one of the most expensive teams in the league, and one of the worst teams in the league, which I saw on Twitter. Someone tweeted that. I forget who. We hit but the trifecta there. We, yeah, those are like the worst three things you could be together, and we're all of them. So we need to shed some cap space. We need to get younger and faster, and we need to get better, obviously. So uh, it's tough because we're always going to want more than what we're going to get for these guys because we've been watching them, you know, since they were prospects at Sanheim, Provi, and TK. Like, I think you can definitely get some young roster players back for them or, you know, prospects from other teams, but it's going to be tough because, uh, you know, other GMs have different opinions on these players and what they're worth than we do watching them as fans. So, exactly. Right. We're going to, we're going to jack up their selling price based off watching them our, our entire lives. So, we're not going mm -hmm. to get what we think they're worth like back. Like, for example, like, what do you guys think Sandheim? like realistically pulls back. So I, I, cause he's interested. I use the comparable, um, of David Svard last, uh, last trade deadline, what Columbus got for him a first and a third. When I look at the defenseman of Ristolainen and Sanheim, uh, pro Rob, you hopefully nets a lot more, uh, not a lot more, but, a, you know, maybe another young roster player, uh, besides that. But I don't know. Teams get desperate. Teams know that the, the the windows are very small. There's a lot of uh, parity within the league. I like I would argue that you know you kind of got eight teams at most that could maybe make a run for the cup at this point. Um, you know it's always a crapshoot once you get in there, right? Like you don't expect the Islanders to go to the conference finals every year, but they've done it. Um, you know it's it's you know teams do evidently get desperate. Uh, you know towards that time, but. Like you said before, you know, to your point, DJ, I think you can't overrate the players that we've been watching over the last, you know, five or six years that you kind of have emotional ties to. You kind of have to separate your valuation of them that way. So I think that that's also important to consider. But I do agree with you about the uh, about the young roster players that you need to get back. Also, I think that's that's a little bit more important than the draft picks. It, yeah, it's so needed. I mean, I think about draft picks as they're like they're dart throws. You're not necessarily going to just get a talented player with a first round draft pick you can see with all the players ron hextall drafted he picked wrong every single time uh, <laughs> yeah. so like like first are great in theory until you pick the wrong player so getting actual talent back is the utmost priority and it's got to be talent that's 25 years or younger yeah and, right, and looking at least looking ahead at what we want out of this team like obviously you want to be able to win the stanley cup but you want to be competitive year in and year out right you want to be competitive every year let's and, let's take and it go one step deep. at a time let's be competitive again. yeah exactly i just don't <laughs> want to i just don't want to get caught in no man's land in the middle that's the exactly. worst position yeah. you could possibly be exactly but we're still missing that elite guy and you you look at the the teams that have been competitive for the past few years colorado you know you got mckinnon landeskog uh ranton and mccarr that's four elite players franchise players you look at tampa you got kucherov stamkos headman and uh, point for elite players. You look at Maple Leafs who haven't gone far, 
but they have, you know, Matthews, Marner, and Tavares, and, you know, throw Morgan Riley in there if you want. They just pay $10 million more million for this. Yeah, so talk about than any of those other teams you just mentioned. But all of <laughs> we those don't have teams, much more cap space than them. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but all of those teams have multiple elite guys, and they still, you know, I mean, just Tampa has won the past two years, but, like, it takes more than that even. So we're still missing that elite, like, franchise talent which, you know, arguably Giroux was, but, you know, he's going to be gone at trade deadline, which is just inevitable. But so I had a uh, trade scenario that I actually ran this by DG offline and he didn't like it. But my, my I'm <laughs> of the opinion that in order to get that type of player, you're going to have to package some of these guys and not just trade them all to different destinations. So one package I came up with was Provorov and TK and possibly a pick to the Maple Leafs for Mitch Marner interesting um, i don't think it happens i don't well i don't think it, i don't think it happens but like i'm still pondering I, like mitch mark i don't i don't know i don't think i don't think i think you in the position that we're in we don't have we need to die we're not disperse in the, we're not our in talent the, and try to recoup assets i, I don't want to put it all into one egg we're I not wanna, in the position you know. that mitch marner will fix yeah. everything <laughs> by himself Get versus what you could trade Probrov individually for, what you could trade TK individually for, and kind of build a team around with those draft picks. I get the, the, the need for star power. I don't disagree with, with where your head's at. I just don't think Mitch Marner is that guy that I would He's that I would 24 years old. Play center and I, wing. Yeah, but he's I mean, still not. Faraby, Coots, and Marner sounds appetizing to me, but. <laughs> I don't. It's, I don't know. It, that's like, I, I mean, what, I you know think we're we need to vastly do? overrating you, what we're going to get for Provorov and TK trading them separately. I think that's how you rebuild, though. You need to sell each asset separately and get the full max value you can for each of those players. And then with the, that capital, you get return. Then if you want to, yeah, package some of that shit and go after a player you really want. But for now, as a seller, like I'm selling each and one of these players we've said separately and alone. I am not selling. Like I'm not going to trade drew and tk to a team and get like pennies on the like 75 cents to the dollar of what we would have gotten if we traded them each to a different team right i think when you start I bulking, think that's the route. i think when you start bulking i think the return although you might get a better more ready roster player kind of like mitch marner you don't necessarily i think you try to expedite things a little bit too much and then you re- you begin to rely on free agency and then you got a question are we you know, can we actually make a name for ourselves in free agency and acquire the talent that comes here? Everyone was making a big deal. Oh, Yandel came here. That's a big deal. Like, no. No one like, wanted Yandel. Like, I mean, Yandel. Kevin I was said, come here, and excited. Yandel said yes. Yeah. That's all that happened. I was I was excited about <laughs> Yandel personally. And then everyone's, yeah, once we got Yandel and Broussard, everyone was going crazy. Oh, we're not a destination. Uh, I mean, those aren't really the destination of the type guys that you kind of want to come here. But granted, <laughs> you know. I just think you're still sort of banking on the draft at that point. Then, if you're if you're trading all these guys individually, you're not going to get a prospect or roster player that's as good as they that's better than they are. So i I've looked into this a little bit in terms of Giroux specifically, because if you yeah. look at who's interested in Giroux, I didn't look at Boston that closely, but the other the teams that I did were let, let's see if you guys like uh, what's it called I think similarly. So the Rangers, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Kings, Minnesota, Carolina, and Calgary. Those are the six I think we've heard thrown around pretty frequently other than Ottawa and Boston. Florida, I've heard Florida too. 
Florida too. I mean, they had they have Minnesota. Say Minnesota. Yeah, he said Minnesota. Yeah, I would Minnesota. hate that. Minnesota would be the most boring team for G to go to. I'd be so pissed because I don't want I to know. Okay. Well, I'm outside of looking what's best for Giroux. Personally. Yeah, I know. I'm looking <laughs> at give me the return. So when I look at those teams, I'm looking at okay, who's under, who's around 23, 22, and uh, that can kind of you know be ready to assume a regular NHL spot within a year or two, right? So when you look at New York, you look at guys like Braden Schneider. You look at guys like Zach Jones for New York, Colorado. Kratzlov, sorry. The Dream. Yep, that, yep, also. Uh, I don't know about that one. I don't know. Drew is getting Patrick traded vibes. to the Rangers. Gives me Nolan Patrick vibes if we're going to throw that around loosely. Kratzlov. If he can't crack a roster at that age after, what's it called? After he was drafted in what? He was a top 10 pick, drafted in 2017, 2018, around there. But yeah. when you I look mean, at – yeah, go for it. it I'm sorry. I, I don't think it matters because the, I don't think there's a shot in, in hell Drew is traded to the Rangers. Like, there's just no way. But if he is, hypothetically, it better not be because for Kratzoff. Just Kratzoff. Yeah, that is unexpected. gotcha. That's that would be horrible. That would be horrible. If we don't get at least a first and a player for Drew, I'm going to be slightly upset. Sorry, but we cut you off, Johnny. Keep going. You were going no, through no, the no. It's a, it's a, Hey, it's all right. No, and then it's, it's similarly when you look at Colorado. I'm not trading Drew for Tyson Jost. That is not happening. I it's, know. That it's was a new horrible hook, rumor. It's new hook or, <laughs> or, or nothing. Or, or nothing. That's I it. would even throw in a pick for Drew if we get new hook back. Oh, for sure. Second or third, Drew and a, like a whatever like that. Maybe not first, but. For new hook, a yeah, first, a first, a new hook for Giroux and like a third or a yeah, second back. Like, like little, I would do that. Get a little creative, 100%. right? I don't think they have the the, capa- the salary capacity to, to take that on. But if we maybe eat like a couple and not give up the pick, maybe. And then I think you, we're eating fifty percent of Drew's salary no matter where we trade him. Yeah, so sure. Drew's going to be worth four mil. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good point. But then you also look at their concern with Bowen Byram, who's had head issues. Yeah. If you want to take a flyer on him, I don't want to. I was about to say I, I don't, don't want to talk about Nolan Patrick. You, if you guys are feeling, if you guys like to live dangerously, you could maybe. Yeah, that's a that's a generational defense, and when healthy, the the key is when between, healthy. Between between the pronger headache and concussion situation, <laughs> and then the Nolan Patrick headache and, and situation after, yeah. and of course, yeah, Lindros mm-hmm. as well. I I think Bowen like I would if. If we get him as like a toss in, just as extra, like mm-hmm. cool. But I don't think they'd do that. But like, I'm not taking him as the premier player just because there's we we want to have the least riskiest player coming in in return. No more risks right now. We need to make well strategic, educated like decisions. Hmm, interesting. Uh, interesting. I mean, Bowen Byron is a I, great prospect, though. I would love to have him on our team. Right. <laughs> no. No. No I doubt would, about I would it. too. But if I were to look at like kind of like the adverse opinion where I'm looking at it like, well, we kind of been playing it safe over the past six to seven years in terms of acquiring talent. Maybe you take that risk with a home run in the back of your mind. If you think Drew's coming back in the offseason also, this is also that's because that's also a possibility Jeez. that's been thrown around. I know that that what, let's talk about that a little bit, because I would like to hear all of our like opinions on that, because like when I hear that. I'm like as a a long time Giroux like like fanboy basically like he's been my guy since I started watching hockey as a kid like mm-hmm. I would love and it would be the greatest thing in the world to see that guy come back but you saw like with Mookie Betts and like bought the Red Sox like 
the Red Sox are like, yeah, we're going to trade him to LA. Then he's just going to come back to us after that, after the end of the year. Then obviously he signed a huge deal with over LA. 300 like, mil. Yeah. I don't like foresee that happening. It's like a pipe dream. We, the same thing happened with Simmons a couple years ago. We were like, yeah, we're just going to trade him and get some assets. And then in the off season, we'll just sign him as a free agent. And then of course he gets some big payday from what was it? No, he went to the New Devils Jersey. I don't even mil. think it was it. Was, did yeah. he get five from <laughs> them? Was, it was like one mil, one year, five mil for him or something crazy like that. I don't know. Something, Maybe it was more. something about this tells me something. It's going to be different. I think it's I, very, but I agree. I it's it's true. And program. it is different. It is. It's, it's a completely different program. thing. I mean, he loves this place. He literally, I'm pretty sure this year, bought a house in Jersey, like right outside the city for like, you know, when he's living here during the season, does he want to get up? He's and definitely sell a, right away? a retire here guy. And he can, he has the money to keep that yeah. house too. The other, another part of it are his kids are so young that it's not that big of a deal or decision deal. to yeah. move somewhere. Only You're like not like two, taking right? kids out of school and they're losing friends or whatever. So Hodger's that's part a of good it. Father. He's not, yeah. he's not, he's not going to abandon little G and his new, <laughs> and his newborn. And oh, God bless Ryan. Great, great, great. But I yeah, know. I, know, I know what you I said. Think, I, I think he's too much of a family. I think he's coming back. He's coming back. Good question. That'd be that awesome. Imagine we get a first and a really good player. And he goes, wins a cup, then comes back to us in the offseason on a team friendly deal, helps us win a cup. A uh, that's like a dream come true for all Flyers fans. Honestly, that's 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 definitely uh, definitely the dream. <laughs> that's Who like, you, was, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, in future episodes, we should create a segment. I was just thinking about this now. We can – it's called, like, like crazy. Like, I don't know what to call it, but, like, the most insane theories possible, like, where we talk about, like, Drew leaving and then coming back. Like, that's, like, a, a pipe dream, but it would be awesome if it did. And then, like, real, like real, being realistic. Like, we could be the stereotypical crazy Flyers fan that's like, let's go get Johnny Hockey this offseason. Let's get Bobby Ryan on the Flyers. Like, that stupid Bobby shit. Bobby Ryan is coming to the Flyers. We'll just start rattling him off. Yeah. <laughs> He's still out there. Honestly, somewhere. who are you bring, thinking from uh, from Minnesota? Like a Matthew Boldy or Marco Rossi? That's those are the yeah. two names that I have down. Yeah, Matthew Boldy, perfect. Basically, a lot of guys that played in World Juniors last year are guys that I've been For kind real. of infa- infatuated with that I would love to get in a return and in, in, in most of these deals. Um, similarly to, I guess Carolina is kind of one of those like they're still in division. So I'd, you'd hope they'd pay a little bit of a tax, a little bit of an overpayment if you were going to trade Giroux within the, the Metro. Uh, Phil Tomasino is one of them that I would I would like to take a flyer on. I would like on. to and see Giroux playing under Rob Brindamore. That'd be kind of sick. That'd be, that'd be really awesome. That dynamic. And plus, Carolina is okay not a destination that. that I would like hate to see one. Hate. Cup. Yeah. Neither do I. I would despite. I would puke if Giroux was in a Rangers jersey. I wouldn't be able to watch the, the TV. No, that wouldn't. Carolina. It, I don't care. Yeah, so we're basically Boston, saying, I think I'd be somewhat okay with it, even though I do not like Boston. Our our asking price for Jay I hate is, Boston is, more than New York is the team's top prospect, yeah. right? Is that is that a true report that came out? No, I'm basically saying like we're saying that oh. our asking price for Jay is the team is whatever team's top prospect. Eh, I mean, you know, so that, I mean that that's what we just listed off. Depends, how, depends how crazy. I would also yeah. take Jack Drury from from Carolina too. Maybe not for Giroux, but for a trade, but. They threw in picks. I'll, I'll, this is all contingent. If they want to throw in a first on twenty twenty three, along with like a guy like Jack Jury, sure, why not? But are those, you, those are two. Those are good enough for me. Are you upset if we don't get a roster player back? If it's just for picks? Yeah, a little bit for Drew. Yeah, because that's that's Cause your like, cash cow. That's your cash cow. 
for example, Felino I think got Provorov's traded for the cash cow. A first. Well, just assuming, just assuming we keep Provorov too. If we just trade Giroud. Hopefully we trade. Back. I'm kind of I'm kind of over Provorov at this point. I don't care. I think he, he like we talked about it on our last episode mm-hmm. with Provorov and Giroud a little bit. I just think like you can obviously get a ton more for Provorov because he's under a sick contract and he's young as shit and he also eats 30 minutes a night. He just needs a guy to play next to. Always healthy. Um, and I think trading him, you can get a a fuck ton back that help like exponentially helps his team in the next couple of years. And I think we're we're capable of replacing the the defenseman. Like, just start with Cam York. Like, obviously, he's not the guy, but just start building around him and getting other good pieces like him. You can have Cam York and Ellis be the top pairing for the next couple of years. Fine by me. Now, do you um, try if you're if you're uh, Chuck Fletcher? Do you try to maybe float Ryan Ellis's name out there? He's been on LTIR all year. He's been maybe for a healthy playoff run. A team can shelter him throughout the regular season and then have him for that playoff run. That's something that I've recently thought about too. If he that's doesn't, a valuable, at least, valuable, valuable guy to have. In the if he doesn't at least look into it, then he's not doing his job. Right. That's all I'll say about it. Yeah, but you got to decide what your defense is going to look like going forward. Because if they're floating Provorov, Sanheim, and Ellis out there, who do Couldn't who's, who's playing on the blue the line next year? Who's playing on the blue line for the next two years? Kevin Kanaan and Nick Sealer are our second pair. No, five, give me six Nick the, Sealers. But then no, <laughs> I can't crash do that. And, crash and burn in twenty twenty three. The thing oh, is, we can sell all of our players, but we have to have a contingent plan to make this team good. So we at least need to keep like one or two defensive pieces as like, hey, these are our guys that will find other pieces that complement them good and build a team around. Like I, like that's why I said York and Ellis. Like Ellis could be the team in of this next eight years for this team. If he can and step on the ice without yeah, for real, breaking correct. something. I mean correct. I mean he played that's four big... four I'm games. Saying, if a team <laughs> gives you if a team gives you a very, very appealing deal for Ryan Ellis and you look at the next two years and you're kind of evaluating, we're gonna suck especially next year. Very, very bad. Can we trust that Ryan Ellis is going to be on the ice? Beyond next year. You always look at his age, too. Like, you, you look at how many more productive years. Because we, when the way I looked at it when we got Ryan Ellis is this team, this was uh, this is how optimistic I was. When we acquired, no, <laughs> so yeah, when we, when we signed Sean Couturier to that long extension, when we traded for Ryan Ellis, I was like, okay, this is how Chuck Fletcher sees it. He sees our window for at least – two to three years of contention because you don't sign you sign sean couturier not for you know years down the road you signed him just for these two to three years you may have given him eight but you're really just looking at these two to three years where you are a contender in this league ryan ellis who cares beyond two to three years because because you know Giroud like was look obviously he's still like you know a pending ufa that's the way i thought chuck looked at it in the beginning of the season and it was just – it's been a complete 180 compared to that. So when I look at, you know, what you can get for Ryan Ellis, I'm sure as shit. I'm some, he's one of the top names I'm floating out there that's appetizing to a, you know, a, a contender that's, you know, under, you know, cap stress. LTIR him. Yeah, he hasn't played in a while, but, you know, Kucherov didn't play at all last year. I'm not saying Ryan Ellis is Kucherov. It's, Obviously, they play different huge... positions, but – you yeah, see my point. I mean that's a huge strategy for teams now. After Tampa Bay did it, like that's something that every single team is think about because that can, like, ex- like, really enhance your team come playoff time. So I mean, yeah, you're right. I think 
we should 100% at least float Ryan Ellis and see like what people would even offer an injury prone defenseman right now. Right. And when you look at what we gave um, up for him, I mean, Patrick and the Myers, thing is, we don't even know what his injury is, is the worst. That's the only thing that irks. I don't care that he's injured and on IR. I care that I have no idea what it is. I think I can't four, have any type of analysis on it because I don't know what's wrong with him. I think it's been like four weeks since the end of his six to eight week timetable when he was supposed to return. Or like maybe that's an overreaction, not, but at least he's three, not playing all year. He is shut down for the year. And so is Coots probably, and Hayes. now probably Hayes. And a Wade Allison. <laughs> and, oh my God, yeah. Keep them all out, honestly. Just let, let this thing uh, ride out. Dude, it was crazy, because, I mean, during the game that Wade played, he looked awesome, and he just looked energized, and he, he was, was different, and I was happy watching him play. <laughs> See, like, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big, big, like, Zach McEwen guy, strictly because he always goes fast every single shift. Same reason why I like a guy like Tyler Phillips. If you were He's in a hard worker. If, yeah, exactly. If you were in contention, you you need those guys in the playoffs that can bruise up uh, an opponent's defense below the red yeah. lines for seven straight games, potentially. And right? fucking that's drop why... the gloves with Chara. Christ. Exactly. <laughs> that's, you know, that's why the Islanders beat us in the bubble a couple years ago. They just wore us out by game seven just because they played so physically so, so hard. But um, He saved yeah, so many know. icings, McEwen, just yeah, getting on his horse. I just in. dreamed of a Wade Allison and Zach McEwen line. And then you just find that, that center somewhere, somehow, and then just let those three just bash. Like They would have the shortest shifts. <laughs> just dump and chase, fly out there. Just every time, you know, maybe not after a goal, because we've seen when you throw the fourth line out after uh, a goal scored, it most likely turns into a goal against. But, yeah, you know, yeah that's, that's usually how it goes. Something I want to talk about was a report coming out of Chicago is that they are mm-hmm. ready to take offers on anyone who are who's not Love Patrick this. Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Seth Jones. Love you this. need to try Chuck to get a to bring it or Kirby Doc. So I love this because I thought the two this is the exact even Dominic Kubalik too. Yeah, those too. yep. But exactly. specifically Doc and the Brinkett are so I'm huge on both of them. Very, very high on both of them. And I've evaluated it, and I'm just looking at it. I'm like, there's no sense of them taking on guys like Provorov and Giroux. As much as I want to believe we would love – can you imagine we get to Brinkett or Doc? And then – like, trade – like, hypothetically, if you want to do this crazy scenario thing, DG, if we trade Giroux and Provorov and somehow – it's a very lateral move for them. They would never do it, but since we're talking crazy, and get uh, Doc and the Brinkett back, and then Giroux comes back in the offseason. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine a better scenario? It would never happen because they're pretty much in the same situation as us. The reason they're selling is because they see Kane and Taves over the hill. They do the same thing with Keith, and they got rid of them. You know, it's it's, it's the same deal. But we they want to try to they want to try to win again with those guys. That's what they're trying to do right now, which is kind of far. I don't think trading it's... by trading. To bring yeah, it? I don't. Yeah, that's true. I don't think well, it's... the thing is they want to keep them and recoup everything underneath them. And the only way to do that is just, you know, sell your assets for as much as you can get and, and then draft another to bring it and dot. Know? Who knows what they want to do. Their management has been so inept for like the past. Oh, it's been so bad. Six years. Their whole organization's a shit show. Um, but I feel like, cause their major issue has been their deep, their defending, right? Like I know like flurry hasn't been terrible in the net well he's probably going to get traded well, but i don't i don't think seth jones has been as good as they would have hoped as so advertised far. yeah and they gave him a shit well i think that money. was the case for maybe the first couple of months i haven't checked back in to see i think he has actually been like more elite level lately 
but I know in the beginning it was a very rough start. For but I don't think it's that crazy to give a Provorov or a Sanheim, a 24, 25 year old defenseman to the black, like trade him over to the Blackhawks. I don't think that's like out of their. No, you know, I don't think so either. Out of the realms exactly. to, get, to get someone like DeBrinket who has 24 goals this year. Nine assists. I would take 24 that. I like goals. He's a, he's like a goal, 40 goals goal, guy. He's been a 40 goal scorer already. I know. Crazy. He's tw- also and 24 he's American. years old. Like, how, come on. <laughs> Just an added bonus. The same, the same way I kind of look at guys like if, if we were to flip the script and say maybe we give it another year, but we still trade Giroux with the assumption he returns in the offseason, right? You, you, you look at guys kind of like San Jose, you look at Hurdle. St. Louis, you look at Tarasenko. Personally, if we were to flip the script that way, then this becomes a little bit more interesting. But that's if you do if you decide not to sell the farm. This is assuming you got to trade that's JBR. What you Chuck, trade that's the also. that's the approach that Chuck has been taking. That's what I so think too. It makes sense that he could still like basically it would be ignoring every single person on that's been saying anything about the Flyers. Like they need just to regroup or whatever. He'd just be ignoring them yeah. and going and trying to just you know flip guys like tk and or like drew and stuff and just trying to like revamp the team a little bit and basically give them that like electric shock just to like shock this team back into shape real quick i don't that's definitely not the approach i'm looking for but <laughs> if it happens we're throw the toaster in the bathtub see what happens just, yeah, but just see, let's see if you can make fireworks just going a little <laughs> bit off topic though like there's something inherently like wrong with this team that they keep playing like this over and over again right every year and we've gone through different coaches right and the the one constant has been like sort of that leadership in the room i'm not saying drew is a bad leader i love g i don't think it's completely on him but you have to turn over we've turned over 40 percent of the roster last season it didn't change anything right so i think yeah. you just gotta sort of scrap it and start new you know what i mean it's funny you mentioned that I mean, because yeah no, oh go for it dg no, you go, you go for it. I no, I, I was like, I was thinking about this, like during one of my drives, like in the last couple of days. And it was like, <laughs> I'm serious. It was like, Drew was on the team from 2008, 2009 until obviously, you know, until now, but let's just like cap it at like 2013. Look at all the leaders he was surrounded by. Mike Richards, a good leader, Pronger, Briere, Gagne, um, Yager. It's like, you know, you know, damn well in the back of your mind, what these guys did back then that prevented that that three game losing streak to preventing that from becoming the fourth game, the fifth game, the sixth game. There is no reason that you should one lose more than maybe a handful of games, let alone 10 twice in the first 40 games. That that, that to me is also a a pretty big issue. That's something I, I wish someone asked him. It's like, what did they do back then? You know, because you were surrounded by some pretty good leadership, teaming it also. Like it's it's not it's not like he didn't have a good influence. And it's not um, on the same you know, level when he, as when those guys. Came. Not on the same level of those guys that you just mentioned. But I feel like Niskanen was that guy for that that 2019, 20, uh, 2020 right. year too. Drew's the quiet leader, where I think most of those guys were more the vocal Drew, leaders too. Yeah, Drew needs that counterpart vocal leader to his lead by example like type of leadership because drew isn't the, the like he's not the call you out know drew personally exactly he's not the most extroverted loudmouth guy that's going to call people out he's just going to go out in the ice battle each and every night because he's the most competitive 
player I think I've like ever seen like at least like in a long too. time in, in the Flyers. Yeah, so like they he leads by example, and it sucks he never had that other. You know, we miss Mike Richards. He's like, oh, dude, and, yeah, and oh. he was. Drew he was talked about it if you watch his type of Chicklets interview, but like that was one thing he got in a heated argument with Pronger because Pronger called him out on the ice, like in front of the fans and everything. I think he like had, he had a, a late, closed late penalty or something like puck over the glass or something. And Pronger like flipped out on him or he iced it. I don't remember, but you know, Pronger wasn't afraid to call guys out. I mean, that was like part of his style was like making guys accountable and G didn't like it. And G told him like, yeah, tell, say whatever you want to me, like in the locker room, don't say it out there in front of people. And I mean, that's just the kind, I mean, that's, just who G is. There's nothing wrong with that style, but you definitely do need to make some of these guys accountable. I feel like no one in the in that room's accountable. And and you, you got all Bronx the young guys earlier. now who have been brought up the same way. No, you heard you heard uh, Braun say it when he was talking yeah. about the San Jose teams that went deep. You know how you had Marlowe, Thornton, Brent Burns, and then you kind of look at you know Pavelski, I, Pavelski, and you kind of look at at the comparables from that team. And the thing that I meant that I mentioned in the past you know, six to eight years, but what, where were those guys that Drew's not? And I'm like, well, they're Hall of Famers. They probably demand that attention, demand that respect in the locker room. Whereas Drew, a very, 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 very good player, elite, not generational, not, you could argue maybe, maybe franchise, he's been our franchise, but is he a franchise when you look at other markets, right? You know, is he the guy that kind of demands that respect? And you you, you don't like to go that far and you don't like to question it that far, but you kind of got to keep it in the back of your mind, right? Like you can't not see it that way. You can't pretend like it's not there, right? Like you can't do like an ignorance is bliss out of sight, out of mind. It's there. You just got to think of other guys on the team think that way. I think they Bronx need that Smith. either. Sorry, that guy who has that respect or like an asshole on the team. Not an asshole like an Evander Kane asshole, but like an asshole like a guy who's just going to give it to you. <laughs> Evander Kane asshole. <laughs> uh, it's very different. Yeah, very different. Yeah. I mean, I feel like TK is probably the closest guy to a loudmouth on the I, bench, and, and he's not necessarily a leader that's going to go chirp his own teammates. He just you know, too, runs his mouth on the ice. TK's too dumb like to call out his teammates. More. Yeah. He doesn't know how. And, and like Hazy's not going to call it. You know what I mean? Like he's the more of the fun loving, like keep it loose. Everybody loves him. He's the team guy. Keep it Everybody loose, let it fly him. guy. So, yep. And Provi strikes yep. me as just being like quiet guy in the corner. So it's like no one, no one in that leadership coots, same thing. Provi kind of kind of gives me a very, this is like it misconstrued, very like, you know, very me vibe, very like, you know shell like you know sheltered keep stay in his own lane type deal without recognize like he's like oh i did my job probably like every night at least that's the that's the vibe i kind of get i don't know if you guys got a similar vibe to that i can see but, how you think that yeah from yeah. coots no provy provy oh provy yeah I, not I, coots 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 is more i've heard coots is actually very loud in the locker room he just doesn't show that to other people yeah. in public i think it's he's he's kind of like type a hazy type too but just in the locker room exactly yeah. so you need right. that dynamic uh, you know johnny why don't we wrap this up uh it was awesome to have you on and obviously we're hopefully gonna have you on a lot more in the future um won't say any more on yeah <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah it was it was awesome uh we had a fun time talking to you and we'll have you on again yeah no sounds good fellas thanks for having me all right we're back after our 
kind of not short talk with Flyers Johnny. It was a fun one. Um, you'll definitely be seeing more of him in the future of Time I Skates, that's for sure. So let's roll into post-game Z. Uh, we don't got too much to talk about for post-game, but I think these are two very interesting topics that definitely need to be, you know, talked about a little bit. The first being Chuck's future as GM of the Flyers. I will give it to you, Z, to start. What are your thoughts on Chuck at this point? Yeah, I mean, it goes to, it's like, do I think he should be the GM? No. Like, I don't think he should be the GM for doing a rebuild. I think you need to top to bottom, clean sweep, like clear house and restart this shit. Honestly, like scouts, everybody and get a guy in who's going to make, bring in his own guys and, and, you know, make everything his own. We talked about it in the interview with Johnny, like there's such a bad taste in the mouths of everyone in this organization over the past like 10 years or whatever that you get, you need to do something that's just, just clean house, get new leadership in, get new voices in. Um, Cause you got guys like LaPerriere and whoever, like Nick Schultz is our defensive coach on the bench. Like what is going on? Like, is he? Yeah. He doesn't have any like real coaching experience. I think he was oh like coaching goodness. his kids, like minor, like his that. kids, like I, like whatever Mike's team, like, you got a guy like Danny B in the organization, which we'll talk about after this. And, like, why isn't he on the bench? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so, the thing is, like, we know Comcast is – we're stuck with Comcast. Yeah. They're such a fucking monopoly the in thing this area is, that it, we're stuck with them. But we know – I think we know that they're at least smart enough to know that, like, we probably need to clean house. And as much as, like – I don't think Chuck's done a horrible job. Like he's done the best he could possibly do. Yeah, it just didn't work. But like out. he, it didn't work out, and he's not needed. Like I don't first, I don't understand why we even need him. And at the same time, I like I think he has made some like mistakes that like yeah, are a little sure. glaring. Um, and like I mean, I'm gonna rattle off a couple now that like I'm not they're not like ranked in any order, but like losing knack for nothing. Yes, and then him being good in Colorado is pathetic yes. like Nack's clearly a good hockey player we just did not use him, him or have a good team at bad. all so yeah. like he wasn't doing anything like Nack's a good player and we just lost him for nothing yeah um Friedman was obviously the like thing, the like, Hayes I, really I, I fucking love Kevin Hayes over 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 payment obviously yeah but in the long run the cap will go up and that seven million won't look nearly as bad in five years because I think the cap will be going up a decent amount or at least a million and change every year so like it'll slowly look a little better but yeah. like yeah there's just those are just two right off the top of my head it's like he has made mistakes so like he hasn't the gustafson signing the gustafson signing that was bad yes, i think the, the ghost one the ghost trade was bad we needed to clear cap but like giving up two second round picks which like we didn't care about at the time and you can probably go back to us talking about it and not saying we don't give a fuck about picks we needed to clear cap space but that's when we thought this team actually had a shot and making the playoffs and contending. Right. Um, if we re- retroactively go back, we definitely would have thought differently having known the information we do right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, you could Clearly. say the Yandel thing was a mistake, but honestly, we all thought that he At was going to help the PP. And it was For like nothing. a one-year $900,000 deal. So nope, like, you can't, exactly. really, can't really be too mad about that. No risk. Um, we got to see what he does at trade deadline, honestly. I think that might make or break it. 
Um, My problem is I you don't, don't want him making those. Decisions. I don't even want him to make those decisions. Yeah. I want somebody else to make those decisions. Yeah, the thing is though, you have he's the president and the GM. He's all the job. That's the biggest problem. Is he? He's his own boss. Separate people for all of those jobs. You need a separation of duties there, and you need another hockey guy above him. It's a um, great term right there. But the <laughs> only guy above him is Dave Scott. And Dave Scott brought him in, and Dave Scott doesn't know shit about hockey. And Dave Scott was like, "I'm just gonna trust Chuck Fletcher." So, yep. And we'll and see. We'll Dave see Scott this week. Chuck's gonna do mistake. a state the address or whatever. I was gonna say State of the Union. He's gonna do. He's gonna do a <laughs> press conference. But, um, you know, the past couple press conferences we've seen with Chuck or media availabilities, he's looked pretty comfortable up there about his job security. So, yeah. Do I think he should be here? No. And also the whole Bobby Clark defending him, like like shitting on Hextall to deflect from Chuck. People thinking that he like likes Chuck and stuff. That's also a factor. I don't. I don't know if it was that calculated. I think that was just Bobby Clark talking his shit. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you isolate the clip, yeah. I listened to the whole podcast. Like he didn't go in there with a fucking agenda to make the current like regime look better. It was just one like, small topic. They asked and that's him about Ron Hextall and if it was a mistake firing him and Bobby Clark said, no, it wasn't. And then gave his reasoning why. Yeah. Was he probably like, uh, blaming so, like if the team was good now, would he have said a lot of things he said? Probably not. But like, no, yeah, I feel, I still think that Bobby Clark felt that way. And I th think that people close to him had said like, yeah, he was just, that's how he, he's just, he's, he's off the cuff like that. Like, and he says himself in the interview, he goes, I should stop talking. Like, he knows he's, like, talking <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, knows he said too much. Yeah. And I don't know if that was so Just much of, I have to have defend those... everyone who's still here more so than it was, you mm -hmm. know, how we actually felt about Ron Hextall. Because he seemed actually pissed that Hextall, like, shut the alumni out. And that's, like, a big part of, you know, Bobby Clark's been a big, huge part of this organization forever. And he wasn't a perfect GM either, but he was, you know, our best, our greatest player. And he thinks the alumni is super important for this organization. Um, so he probably took that very personally when, when Hextall shut them out. Um, but yeah, uh, was uh, Chuck Fletcher, Fletcher's first job under Bobby Clark in Florida? Yes. So they do have a relationship there. And is, is he in Fletcher's corner? Yeah, I think so. Um, so it's tough. I mean... If we had it our way, we'd do a top-to-bottom sweep. Yeah, I agreed. That's what I would want. Uh, but, you know, we're fans. We watch from the stands, and we don't necessarily get to make these decisions. And, you know, all the players, we said it in our talk with Johnny, all the players we want traded and off this team and all the things that we want to happen to this team, it's just can't not going can't to all happen. It's not all going to happen. Some players, if, a if couple all of players, players will be traded. <laughs> And there might be new people in different positions on the team, not like player related, but it's not all going to happen. If if we make if we trade all the players we said that we mentioned in that in that uh, segment, we'd be like icing a worse roster than like Buffalo at the beginning of the year, oh my <laughs> where God. they were like we'd, under the cap. We'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. I mean, at that point, who cares? Like we, but the worst thing is like. I'm such a, like, I got the competitive mindset, too. I don't want this team going out trying to lose games. I they, I still need them to try to be winning. You can't, I'm happy that we're on 11-game losing streak because I want a better pick at this point. But, like, I still want to win hockey games, and I don't yeah, want my do team that. going out there trying to. I don't, I hate the, like, this is, 
it's not why I don't like basketball, but it's like it's a little factor. I hated the the Sixers process just because like it's so fucking pathetic to put a team out there telling them to lose every game. It's so yeah, I don't respect when you it. Play I don't respect 82. it. Like yeah, it's a little easier like in the NFL For maybe football. It's yeah. easy. Yeah, it's sixteen um, games and it's over. Like I just lose respect for teams that purposely lose games. Yeah, obviously and, trading away players and then like them trying their ass off with the remaining players and still not being able to win. That's one thing. But well, like, that's kind of like what Buffalo is doing now. It's not doesn't really look like an intentional. Like, I mean, it's an intentional uh, rebuild, rebuild, but they're but all they're trying. letting their young players play and they're playing like getting more <laughs> ice time beat, and playing they well. They beat us. They I mean. beat us six <laughs> fucking three. They beat us in like good fashion. Of course, it was like yeah. the first time they scored over five goals in a game and the first time they've won at home since November. It's just like yeah, it's embarrassing. Like I don't, I want us to lose games and get a good pick, but like, do we have to continue this losing streak? Please no. Like, win Let's one, win one, lose one for the rest of the year, like or so something like that. I started the so just to preface this, I started the podcast saying we have not won a game in 2022. I know because we record on Sundays for the most part that this is gonna come out on Tuesday and we would have played the Dallas Stars, but I am. You know, I'm, I'm a confident. smart man. I'd like, I would like to think. I don't think we're gonna win tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that stands true when you guys are listening. And I'm sure it will. I'd put, I'd put money. Actually, I'm get. Oh God, I would hate myself. If I bet against them and they won. I, I'm not gonna bet against them. I'll bet like a goal scorer tomorrow night. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean. Dallas is like a sort of average team. It's not like they're at the top of their division or anything, but still, we're so below average. I mean, we just lost to Buffalo 6-2, like 6-3. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could also easily see us winning, so. Yeah. Is Hart going to play? Yeah. I'm assuming Hart's going to get the start. Yeah, I saw he got the nod. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're both going to watch the game, so. That's for sure. (laughs) Might be playing chill on a different screen while I'm watching the game, but I'll be watching the game. Got a live tweet a little bit as drunk Gertie, you know? For real. <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's get into the last topic, which, you know, goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about with Chuck is the future of Danny Briere within the Flyers organization. Um, I don't, well, obviously he was one of the people that the Canadians wanted as their GM. I don't necessarily, like, if, like, obviously, like, I don't think we need Chuck. We can get a different GM. I don't necessarily think, like, throwing Danny Briere in that GM position is what I would want. I think... I think um, he'll work his way up a little bit, being AGM or something. Ag- agreed. And I think I'd rather have him in a different type of hockey ops position. If mm-hmm. if it was AGM, like, I'm cool with AGM. That's or fine. Some sort of advisor. Or, like, some kind of hockey ops. Or, like behind the bench coaching the offense like yeah that's i don't what um, i foresee danny i've as. heard him talk about this i he does want to be more of a management role like in the future i don't think he has an interest in really coaching he doesn't want to coach okay yeah. that's fine and that's he what he wants a management so. role so like yeah something in hockey ops where but would he still help and go to, to practices and like help teach players and stuff like he's still got a great hockey mind and could be at practices helping those youngsters get better yeah i don't know it's up to him i guess if he wants to stay in this organization yeah you, you mentioned he was on montreal shortlist they ended up hiring kent hughes who's an agent former agent um but yeah i mean it all depends i mean 
I said AGM role, but like if a new GM comes in, they're going to want to bring their own guys in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to want to bring like bring their like their own like close cir- their... circle guys. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Chuck came in and he kept the fucking Laperriere as a coach, like for whatever fucking reason. He somehow stayed on the bench with AV and then became that's another reason to, coach. to like, get rid of him. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Danny Breer is 100% going to be a part of this organization, though. It kind of seems like maybe like Danny Breer was a front runner for the Canadians, but at the same time, I feel like after that was like a thing, maybe somebody within Comcast, specifically Dave Scott, like when it's here, it's like, you're not going anywhere, buddy. <laughs> yeah. At least I hope that's how it went, you know? Yeah, I mean, I definitely. Like you're a flyer. Yeah. I would like to see him in some capacity in hockey operations or something. I don't know. I agree. What, what, I think hockey but... hockey ops is a great starting point and then eventually if he wanted to become some sort of general manager, you know, we're bound to fire another GM in a couple of years, so I'm sure. We got to fire sure we got to fire a coach, we got to fire GMs, we got to fire scouts, we got to fire medical staff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh I don't have much experience flyers but if you're looking for anybody for any of those positions <laughs> my dms are always open uh yeah <laughs> how good would that be if they just I went to flyers twitter great. they need a ra- they need a round table of like people like, the thing is we don't like, have the boys club connections of gms talking to gms i know we would like, get I taken mean, advantage of so quick <laughs> yeah fair enough it's a pipe dream but i would love <laughs> would to be a part happen. of it the Philadelphia Flyers hockey operations and general managing and all that would love to be around it. Yeah. All my years of playing BGM all for that moment. Yeah. <laughs> no one, would, no one would take it seriously, but I uh, know of course not. We just I, gotta my name pull, is Tru- we got to pull my name is Trunk Gritty on Twitter for Christ's sake. See, come on. No yeah. one is going to take me seriously. Everyone on Twitter has <laughs> to pull, pull money and we'll buy the Flyers. <laughs> Need a fucking, <laughs> good amount of billies <laughs> yeah we'll pull all of our money <laughs> we need and to go like get we a, basically need to go investor. to a really rich person that's super like there's I only mean, so many need, people that are rich enough to buy that billions of dollars i don't know god damn not to buy the maybe team microsoft but you, you need maybe to be microsoft's a willing to throw more money in order to at have the flyers too <laughs> it's like you don't buy a yacht unless you can afford 10 yachts yeah Anyway, so man, as much as we hate them, we're stuck with Comcast and Dave Scott for a bit. Yep, and we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was uh, that wraps up this episode of Time I Skates. Please like, comment, f- and follow on Twitter and Instagram at Time I Skates Pod, and listen anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Z. He's Drunk Ready. We'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.